Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Monday night. Let me see if I can do the Parsha tonight. Um, always wanted to get these things done early in the week uh, so people elsewhere will have a time to do it. They asked me to do it that way. Uh, tonight's podcast is uh, being sponsored, as I mentioned last week, by the Radomskis, my friends in Israel, who I've never met, who are living out in the uh, Gush. And um, very grateful, a sponsor to a uh, talk. As I said before, I'm short of sponsors, so I appreciate the few to step forward. <coughs> and uh, this week is covered in the end. Next week, I don't have anybody. And uh, without any further ado, let's get into this. There we have, as we all know, a double parsha, Achrimos Kedoshim. <coughs> My attention is always drawn um, to Kedoshim Tiyu. I think that's the most enigmatic and very, to me, interesting of all. But, I mean, all the Parshas are interesting. I mean, I'm not saying that. You know, Achimos and and all that with the the Yom Kippur stuff. And especially the incest rules, all the sexual rules, which are, you know, can't do this, don't marry this, don't do this, don't do that, which all involve um, tremendous restraint. Remember, these things were permitted. Kemasi Eretz Mitzrayim. These were permitted in those societies. And now he's saying, you know, um, you're going to live a life with a lot of rules and regulations, a lot of don'ts. And um, therefore, as soon as you finish one part, now you know how it goes, the Torah is written, I mean, excuse me, we read it in Parsha Shua, but it's really one text. So the way you read it is Achimos goes into Kedoshan. And the last Pasuk in Achimos, of course, is, last two Pasuk in Kukol Asher, if you get involved in these sex things, then you you get chorus. And it's going to be hard, so therefore, God says, keep up the mishmar. Next thing you know, So, this juxtaposition leads you to the understanding, I think Rashi is it, who says Arias, you know, that uh, Kedoshim to means you parse by Arias. The Ramban and the others say it's not only Arias, and that's exactly what I want to talk about. Kedoshim to you um, is, and by the way, I looked around just before I went on this, you know, what do the others say? And nothing had turned me on, uh, except one that agreed with what I think, uh, and that is, Kedoshim means refrain. A Kaddish means a Prushim. Prushim is a, is a way of life. Uh, the Mishnah, uh, the Sharm spends a great deal of time on this stuff. Chasidus uh, and Precious. Chasidus uh, is in the idea, there are two sides of the coin. One is Kumvase, the other one is, uh, you know, Losase. Chasidus uh, means you do more mitzvahs than are required in the active sense. And Precious simply means you're more machmer in what you refrain from than in the legal sense. But the idea is that each time you're going to lift the Mishur Sadin. One is lifting the Mishur Sadin in positive acts, the other one is lifting the Mishur Sadin in things you refrain from. Now, uh, as I said before, uh, you know, the Mesil Sharma and books like that, 
go to a great deal of discussion about this. In the Chumash, it doesn't say uh, looking uh, around for this. In, in the Chumash, you just have what well, we have, Kedushim to you. And you also have a Pusik too here or there, elsewhere, Vasisa Tobi Usher. Like these general statements. Other than that, the Chumash is pretty doggone legalistic. <clears throat> okay? He's <clears throat> pretty doggone legalistic. And uh, only once in a while do they talk about the spiritual side of it. I think. I mean, what did we just say before? Vlosi Tamuben. Stay away from all these Arias type things. Otherwise, you become Tommy. That's like a, uh, you know, a stringent um, hectoring. But here, Kedoshim to you is a different sort of story. Uh, you should strive. Karashat Samotilach. Strive to go uh, beyond in a quest, in a personal quest, to try to have some kind of personal relationship with God where it hits the kishkas. You see? I just mentioned tonight, the point of the Torah is not to keep all the mitzvahs, even though that's how we define Orthodox Judaism in the 21st century. You know, if you keep more mitzvahs than me, you're from Mer. Uh, but that's not true. It just means you keep more mitzvahs. You're more punctilious in your halakhic observance. Suppose you have a person who's very spiritual. I'm raising a good question now. Suppose you have a person who's very, very spiritual, really, and they keep less mitzvahs than the other person, and the other person is a real, you know, uh, stickler, math and science. They do all the uh, kind of stuff they're supposed to do, and the Mekayim every Shartzian and so forth. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, they don't have much spirituality to them whatsoever. So which one's better? Which one's frummer? The word frummen is a German word, which means from. From is a pious. Pious means you want to have a spiritual dimension to your religious existence. You know what I just said? Pious means you want to have a spiritual dimension. I hate these words. I can't help them, though, because they sound very cliché. But I'm trying not to make them cliché. But piety has to do with spirituality, which is not identical with religion. Religion is usually like a system of rules. They could be theological rules, could be practical rules. I like to call them in my college classes nomianism, as opposed to antinomianism. So the Jewish religion is composed of nomianism. But really, it's not. Really, it's all about trying, you, the average little schnook, trying to say, when I daven or something like that, like a wrestler, do I feel there's somebody out there talking to me, talking back? Do I feel some kind of connection? Uh, with God, can I expand upon it? Uh, if you do it right, you end up like Shlomo Melk, you know, with the Sher Sherem. Well, not too many people are going to do that necessarily. But that's the that's the focus. That's what it should be. Kedoshim to you. You see? Now, how does one do that? As we all know, Kedoshim to you is maddeningly general. It's not specific. Unless you want to take the position, which I don't like, that Kedoshim to you consists of the rest of Parshish Kedoshim. I mean, yeah, there are those who say that. They never sunk with me. Because they're so varied, you know. Uh... uh Although some do make sense, lift Mitchell, you know. Now, here's the thing: you're trying. Now you're like me. You're you're saying here, you know, a regular human being. You're trying to have a connection or talk to whatever something that you can't see, and you don't know if it's there. You just want to know it's there. That's quite a leap, you understand? And Kedoshim too says to go for it. Now, as I said before, it's not specific. <coughs> But it contains two elements to my mind, and I hope I remember what those elements are because I'm just sitting here and talking. <clears throat> First of all, the notion of uh, prushim, restraint. The essence, it's a very interesting one. 
And I don't think people have. The essence of a human being is a restraint. I can do this, but I don't do this. Um, I can eat this, but I don't eat this. That's where you assert your special humanness. You see, a behemoth can't control that. An animal, if you see what it is, an animal sees the food, it goes for the food. <clears throat> That's why it's easy to trap the animals. You know exactly what they're going to do. They can't control themselves. So somebody sets a net, a trap, and you know, you put a, a bait there, and they're going to go for it. The mouse is going to go for the cheese, as they say. You know, it's going to happen. They can't help it. Uh, which is just interesting. Now, um, a human being is not supposed to be like that. Uh, many are. Matter of fact, the whole modern society is kind of with, with this, uh, you know, heating up constantly of the capitalistic, you know, consumerist tendencies that they're throwing at you every second of the day. You have to want this. You have to buy this. You can't live without something you didn't even know it existed 10 minutes ago. This whole idea is to make you a slave of consumerism. And they do a pretty good job. Okay? And uh, the best example of doing a pretty good job, you buy a lot of things, which later on you say, what did I buy it for? Uh, so the essence of the human is when you say no. You say, no, thank you. I always say, America is a wonderful place. Uh, nobody makes you do anything. But you have to say no, no, no all day long. They say, try this, eat this, watch this show, do this thing, do this thing. You simply have to say, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you. And they're smart. They know sooner or later you're going to break down and say, okay, I'll try it. <clears throat> you don't have to. So you can sit on the internet 24-7. They can throw stuff at you all the time, and they will. And if you're able to keep saying no, 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 that's Kadoshan to you. Now, what do I mean Kadoshan to you? You're saying, I make my own decisions, and I don't want to, uh, I'm not interested in what you're offering to me. Now, this means you have the, the, the opposite of a consumerism or slavery to things, slavery to desires. Uh, and in that, you're not a behemoth, you're, you're a human, you're, you're special. Now, this is true in life in a big way. It, we could not have human society unless they have what they call the social contract, which means I'm walking on the street, you have something. I would like that thing that you have in your pocket. I'd like your car. If it was an animal world, I'll kill you and take it. That's the animal world. If a lion sees something else, the lion kills it. That's what a lion does. Can't, can't blame him. Right? When we have a neighborhood with a lot of crimes, there's a jungle, it's expression. You understand? No, there's a prison can can't control themselves. A civilized society, meaning one, it's not a behemoth, one is a human society, person says like this, here's somebody that has, here's somebody that has not, and it neither touches what the other one has. Okay? they Because they realize, for a social contract, I'm not going to do that. That's not a good behavior, you understand, for a human being, or for the for the clown, human beings, the clown in general. Uh, now you know there are some people disagree with what I'm saying. Of course, there are, you know Karl Marx and all that, but, he, but he's wrong. Now that means that the very essence of being a human being is um is is really kind of let's is the essence of a human being is to say no. Uh, no, thank you. Look, I walk into a bookstore. I like Swarm. Those who know me know I have a lot. I mean, I use them, but uh, the essence of going into a Swarm store is to say, is to know what you don't want. You get it? I mean, by definition, anybody who's not an idiot is anytime they go into a Swarm store, they're going to not want 99.9% .9 of what they got there. What am I going to do with this? What am I going to do? It's not what I'm interested in, at least not now. So why do I want having my house clogging things up? It'll get in the way. It's not. It's useless to me. It, therefore, it's counterproductive. 
So what makes me a good farm collector at this time in my life, I could say that, is a good collector is I know what I do not want. So when I see the rare thing that I do want, I say, this could be of use to me. This could be of interest to me. Oh, but somebody walks in and says, like I'll buy everything in the store. Or I'll buy these three shells. It's an idiot. It's like a behemoth. You understand? There's no, there's no sense to that. Because you're not going to use it, and, and, and there's no, no reason for it. Unless the guy's just looking for window dressing. But you know what I'm saying. And same thing is true if my wife wanted to buy, anybody wants to buy anything. You don't go in the store and buy everything in the store. You have, the essence is to say no, 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 until you say yes, this, yes. This, yes. So in the precious, right, in the saying I do not want this, in the kind of rejection of the total consumerism, lies your specialty, lies your humanness, okay? <laughs> I had this discussion today with some high school boys because we're talking about Shlomo Melch and so forth, and uh, I said, and you know, they're not too smart because at that point in their life, they're not mature yet. <laughs> so you ask a kid, would you like a gold-plated Rolls Royce? Oh, definitely, okay. Would you like 100 of them or 500 of them? Oh, sure. What are you going to do with 500 gold-plated Assuming that you can't sell them. You can't sell them, so that's the trick. What are you going to do with 500 gold-plated Rolls, uh, Rolls Royces? What are you going to do with that? Where are you going to put them? Where are you going to fit them? You know what I'm saying? He couldn't cop. He didn't agree with me. He doesn't see that quantity can be the enemy. It's like in someone's house, what, what do you call these people? Hoarders? You can't walk in the house because there are books and papers everything all over the place. You can't walk anywhere. They're slaves, you understand? We see people like it's a sickness. Right? They can't master the Kedoshim to you, is my point. You understand? He can't see it. I said, would you like a thousand of this, a thousand? The state of Israel, do they want the latest American airplanes? Sure they do. How many do they want? Let's say a hundred for argument's sake. Let's say a thousand, even though they don't. Do they want 50,000 American airplanes? The best, newest model. 50,000, they can't put them anywhere. You understand? The quantity is the enemy. So this is called Kedoshim to you. Knowing where what I'm getting is too much or, or not good for me. I'm acquiring it, but it's it's useless or counterproductive, counterproductive for me. That, as I understand, is the essence of, of the precious. Get it? To have that intelligence and say, I can do without this behavior. Like in the Arias, you understand? Or in the food. I can do without this, but I can do it. I'm actually better leaving it alone. I'm better. It's not that I had to resist the temptation. If a person said like this, I saw something and I fought it. I'm, uh, you know, I had a battle, Yetzirah, Yetzirah, and this time the Yetzirah won, and I didn't get it. That's not the point. That's not Kedushim Tiyu. Kedushim Tiyu is a matter of enlightenment. You understand? If you see something and you want it and, and, and you have to fight, and yourself, to, you know, to, to, to do it, you sooner or later you'll give in. This time the Yates are toe one, next time the Yates are one. That's how, that's how it goes. Unless you reach the point of enlightenment. So enlightenment means like, I realize I don't want it, I don't need it, and actually it's, a, it, it's in the way. Okay? Now it's hard for modern people to understand this, because when it comes to money, there's no such thing as too much. Because if you put the money in the bank, it's not crowding all around you. And, you know, it, it, it has value increasing value, so to speak, is fungible, you understand? But the 50 cars I just mentioned before, the 500 cars, or the 10,000 planes, assuming that you can't give them to someone else or sell them, if Israel got 50,000 planes and was not allowed to sell them, you know, so what are they going to do with all of it? Where are you going to put it all? Uh, this is a profound use of at least in my mind, okay? As I understand it. The Kedoshim Tiyu means you have to learn how to withdraw how to say, I don't want this. And as I said before, believe me, 
I look sometimes around um, my farm. I have them all on shelves. There's X number of them. I say, oh, yes, I never use this. Why did I buy it? I regret that I bought it in the first place. Uh, because I'm only interested, at least this stage of my life, in something I can use. You get it? And here's something I'll never use. It's not a subject I don't believe I'll ever be interested in. It's just collecting uh, dust in place. Fortunately, I don't have too many like that. But it's going to happen. You understand? The reason it's going to happen is, one time I was in a store, I saw it, my acquisitive thing got the better of me. You know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30, whatever. And I got it. Maybe I was hoping to use it one day. But I don't, I don't need it. I don't use it. But they use it, I don't want it. You follow? That's not being cruel or anything like that. It's a Kedoshim to you. It's a Kedoshim to you. Now, the, the Torah has in mind, you know, not just a book in a bookstore or something like that, or an airplane for Israel, but all kind of behaviors and things that uh, that you don't need and you're better off without, and be, and behaviors you're definitely better off at, without. So, I mean, Arias comes to mind. That's why I did Rashi meds in the first place. But as Rambam points out, it's not just Arias, it's everything. It's all kinds of things. However, I'm speaking in general terms. Looking for examples, speaking in general terms. Because by definition, what we're saying over here is, this is something that has to be a tailored for everybody's personal situation. I just spoke about books because that's one of my things. Somebody else don't care less about books. Right? So their Kedoshim to you is going to express itself in a different way. Someone else's Kedoshim to you is going to be in learning. Someone else's Kedoshim to you would have nothing to do with learning because that doesn't turn them on. When they open a safety, they get bored out of their mind. It's not who they are. I'll say it again. It's not who they are. You say, oh, everybody's supposed to learn. <laughs> it's not true. Some people can't do it. It's not, it's not what they're built for. The person can find a way to do his mitzvahs that work for him. So, for example, I, you know, I'm just making this up. A person can say this. I'm not into, into learning, but I'm good in Hatzal. Or, uh, you know, Chaverim or something like that. Not to put that down. I'm just, I'm speaking very seriously over here. So they found a way that they can make their, they found the mitzvah that they can 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 shine in. Uh, so the Kedoshim Tiyu, I think this is what he means when he says, Noble Bashusa Torah. We, we always learn it, you know, the guy sleeps through Shabbos and all that, the Ramban. Everybody knows that. But I think it's, 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 in my mind, it's more of an intellectual notion than that. Uh, you can't do, and Shlomo Melchor actually wrote the book about this. The Kohelis is about the fact that he didn't practice the Kedoshim to you in these regards. Doesn't he say, Lomonati, me, many, whatever I wanted, I, I, I indulge myself in. I believe he says those words in the uh, Kohelis. If you indulge, if you held nothing back from yourself, then where was the Kedoshim to you? You see? Uh, now, the unique personal nature of it is its most compelling quality, I would say. And one of the problems we have nowadays is, in our modern from society, they're very control-oriented. You know, religion is always very control-oriented. And uh, they want to tell you what to be Kedoshim in. Okay? And so everybody will tell you, like, it's got to be learning. Uh, or it's got to be this mitzvah or that mitzvah. Well, like I said before, the problem is when you make these big claws, they don't work for a lot of people. They work for who they work for. If you're intellectually inclined, if you happen to like learning, I happen to like learning, yeah, so fine. If it works for you, it works for you. If it's not, if it doesn't work for you, you can't say you're going to be Kedoshim by, you know, sitting next to three hours in some Dafyomi, bored out of your mind and not paying attention to anything. Many people have been in school and know what I'm talking about. Okay? Now, um, I was glad to see then it see if kind of says this. Um, and he led to a Magamishnah. Look at the, if you look at the Nitziv on Kedoshim Tiyub, 
he says what the, the actual language in Chumash is by Daber Hashem Moshe more Daber will call Daspen Yisrael by Martoliem Kedoshim to Yuki Kedosh and Neishon Olgevim. That's interesting. Daber will call Adaspen Yisrael. Why does he use the word Adaspen Yisrael? Why does he just say Daber Ben Yisrael or something like that? Adas, as you know, is is an Edo, is a community. So that means the Nitziv says, and he's right. I mean, it really sinks home with me. And Edo is, is a community, which means like an orchestra. It's composed of a lot of different people, each one of which has his or her special points. And he says, I'm reading now the Nitziv. Basher ain't precious call Adam Shave. Not everybody has the same precious, which I just said before. You know, you can express your precious, and therefore you're uh, showing your love for Hashem uh, by saying, I don't even trust OU. I don't trust the Star K. I eat nothing. You know, okay. That's that's your way. That doesn't work for me. Okay? Ain't precious call Adam Shove. Vitoras call echad levado, biyodo lafi teva gufo, valicho speso, uchidome. Isn't that fascinating? I'll say it again. Ain't precious call Adam Shove. Not everybody is can be can be a poresh in the same way, which means everybody can do that behavior, but it won't zing for you. There won't be meaning to this precious, to this refraining, holding back from a particular behavior. Uh, for some, it will be of great significance, others not. The Torah is called Levada Biodo, Lefitivo, Gufo, Valichas Beso. And everybody's Torah has to be Biodo, according to Teva Gufo, Valichas Beso. To your personal life, first of all, your health, your 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 Teva Gufo, in other words, your natural inclinations, like I said before. Some people be good for Chaverim, some people be good for Bikr Cholim, some people not good for Bikr Cholim. You understand? Just like in life. Some people could be a doctor and a nurse, and other people can't stand the sight of blood. One person is not better than the other. It's a different teva gufo, halikas peso. You see? Uh, and therefore, when Moshe says to call Adas Bnei Israel, he's speaking to this huge group called the Jewish people, of which so many are different, in parts of fame, shofim, and so on and so forth. He can't say, adopt the following chumrah. But on the other hand, he can say, adopt a chumrah. Or two, right? Mm-hmm. You hear what I just said? He can't say, be machmir in such and such, because that doesn't work for everybody. But on the other hand, he is saying, everybody should have something that they're machmir in. Somebody who takes all the coolest, that's their whole life. Uh, then there's something wrong. Then it's felt in Kedoshim to you. It's got to be something you feel passionate about and you're machmir about. Either as a Mesil Sharm, even in terms of Hasidus or in terms of Precious. Either in terms of your Machmer doing more than required, or your Machmer in refraining from more than you're required to refrain from. It's got to be something like that. And if there's not, then it's a problem. But I can't tell you what to do in yours, because I don't know your character and it doesn't work for you. And the same thing all the way around. You can't tell me. Ain't Precious Kolodim Shove, but Torah's Kolechad Levado Biyado Teva Gufa Alichas Peso. And he says, and this is interesting, he says, he quotes the Magad Mishnah, and then the Hulashchenim. Uh, right? But everybody has to do one. You have to pick some Chumrah. Okay? You have to pick some Chumrah. Uh, this is Kedoshim, Kedusha, as opposed to Mitzah. Mitzah applies there, but everybody's got to eat Matzah. <laughs> you understand? Nobody's allowed to light a match on Saturday. Nobody's allowed to to eat a ham sandwich. I don't care who you are. You know You can't do it. You may not do it. On the other hand, what you're machmer on, 
as a sign of, 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 of your religious passion, and you have to have some religious passion, otherwise you're just a halacha matron, you know, just doing rules. So the passion has to be something that, that, that turns you on and, and takes off your passion. That's the meaning of Kedushim to you. And um, I opened it up now. The uh, the Rambam and the Hilchus Shchenim talks about, you know, Dina de Marmetra, you know, if I, do I have to sell my house to the next door neighbor and things like this. And he's got this whole uh, chain of um, of precedents, you know, who goes first, uh, you know, uh, for example, two people want to buy your house and they're both offering the same price. Uh, this is all the way to the end of the It's not exactly a uh, sermonette like the Rambam usually does. It's a mini, mini micro sermonette. A person wants to sell property. Two people come and want to offer it, and two people offer to purchase it, and each one's willing to pay the same price, and neither of them is the neighbor, so it's not a question you have to give it to the Balmetsar. Okay, so that becomes the um, the 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 pecking order. Uh, you give it to the Yoshev ear before the Shochan Asada. Shochan v'Talmachacham, Talmachacham Kodem. Karov v'Talmachacham, Talmachacham Kodem. Kodem. Shochan v'Karov, a neighbor and a Karov. Shochan Kodem, right? Because he's Shochan. Kodem Echav v'Kodem Zacham Echav Rayolich, etc., etc., etc. Now look at this. Kodem Echav v'Kodem Zacham. If a guy didn't listen. Let's say uh, it was me versus a Talmud Chacham. And we both wanted the house. And really, the guy's supposed to sell to the Talmud Chacham. But I just went ahead and, 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 and rammed the deal home. I said, sign in the line, and this, and that, and the other. And he sold it to me. So the Talmud Chacham said, I guess, wait a minute, you violated the rule. I'm supposed to go first. Rambam said, but the Ebed, too bad. Okay? Kadamecha bekona, zacha. Ve'en chavero shoroi likdomlo, yochel asalko. And the fact that you're more worthy of Talmud Chacham doesn't matter. Because it's not like we're a neighbor or something like that, a Baal Neitzar. Because the Rambam says, this business of the precedent, the pecking orders, I call it. It's only a matter of Chasidus and only a matter of Nefesh Tova. In other words, it's the right thing to do. But it's not legally required. So, what is that? If it's the right thing to do, it should be legally required. No, that's not true. There are things that are not illegal, they're just not the right thing to do. But if they're not illegal, you can't do anything about it. And the Malgad Mishnah says, very interestingly, Mavur Bahala, Inyan Dinze, Hamezer, Husha Tarasa Atmima, Nitna. Uh, that the Torah is there to be Masaka and the Midas Adam. That's to guide people in right behavior. And the way he conducts himself in the world, but only in general way. The Torah can give you general ways. When it says Kedoshim to you, that's our Parsha. This Magi Mishnah at the end of Hilchashkinim. And he shouldn't just follow your Tavis, like we said before. And also says a Toba Yashar. But it's a general term to mean she is Yashar You should be a social creature. You should act nice with other people. But there's so many different variations in that between me and you, me and him, me and her. We have a past. We, we you know, there's all kinds of situations, that, factors that come up. 
but but he says but there are no details. It does not say in the Torah, give it to a Talmud Chacham first. You're supposed to understand that on your own. But it doesn't say in the Torah. Why? Because the Torah didn't give them all those nitty-gritty details because they would be endless. Okay? The Torah didn't give you protim, details of correct, proper behavior. Because laws by definition, apply always. Like I said before, you can never eat a ham sandwich. But b'chol inyan, and you're always required to refrain from eating a ham sandwich, or lighting a match on Shabbos, or eating a, or you have to eat um, what I say, matzah or something like that. But the way people run their lives, life situations, mischalfos it changes all the time. So in other words. It may be circumstances are such that in this particular case, this guy should go ahead and tell him. I'm just going to make a story up that comes to my mind right now. <laughs> Two people come over by a guy's house. One guy's a Talmud Yes, he is. The other guy's an Amaretz. Yes, he is. The other guy saved the whole Jewish community, like I mentioned yesterday in Romania. And he went and risked his life, and he did unbelievable Hatzal work. Okay, so he's an Amaretz. Uh, I'm, I'm just making this up. He's an Amaretz. He doesn't know how to learn. All the rest of it. He's a hero. Of course, so he's going to go first. You understand? I, the Gemara says, give it to Chacham first. The Gemara is speaking in general way. Usually, all things being equal, nothing unusual being in the situation, you go for the Talmud Chacham first. But if you have, like I said, just mentioned, the Holocaust hero or somebody like that, then he goes first. Because it's Mishalfos, Lefi Hasman, Vahishim. Vahachamim, the Magen Mishnah says, Koshu Kitsas Pratim Oilim, Nofun Takas Kolomila. All the Chacham could do could give you a couple general guidelines. For example, give it a Talmud Chacham first. But it's like rhetorical, like I mentioned the other day. Do you mean literally in all times, in all situations? They're trying to give you guidelines in Hanhaga. You understand? But general guidelines. You don't have to adhere to them exactly. Right? But it's very flexible. And that's why the Magad Mishnah says that the Gemara says in Avodah Zarah, That's that. Mishnah about the cheese, you know, where it says that the Divrei Chacham or more beloved, more Chavim than the words of the Torah. How can you say that? The Torah is from God. And the Chacham are they, they see the Torah is giving hard and fast rules. The Chacham are giving you moral guidelines and and, and hopefully you have some common sense. And so in the case I just mentioned, the person who saved thousands of lives and risked his life and maybe suffered and this and that the other, in this particular case, be better than some guy from the Kolel, you know. Even though one guy's a Talmud Chacham, and the other guy's not. But this guy, like I said, in the case I made up, this guy has gone through privation and risked his life and saved Jews right and left. And the other guy knows Baba Kama very well. But he's an American guy. He's done well in life. You know, married a rich girl. He's singing and learning. He ain't no hero, you see? So, I but it says you give it to Talmud In general, but the Mishalfos Lefi Azman Vamakam, this is meaning of the Kedoshim to you not being specific. And that's what Steve said. And, and I think it's a very uh, interesting insight. So on the one hand, it changes with situations. So you have no choice. If you want to be a Kadosh, Kedoshim to you, you have no choice but to think as you go through life. <laughs> yeah? You've got to make like Heshman and Nefesh, you're weighing all the time in life. Should I do this? Should I not do this in this situation? And you can't simply look at the Gemara as a blueprint. 
Because when it comes to these type of things, unless it's Mamash Aloha, the Gemara is giving you general guidelines, but then it's up to you, baby. You have to figure out in a situation, what would the Rabbani Shalom want better of me? That's an honest question. What would the Rabbani Shalom want better of me? I, like I said, where there's this claw that you see, you know, and I got it to hear a statement here or something like that. Yes, that's the claw. But what in this particular case, honestly, do you want Do you want from me? Rabbani Shalom, that's Kedoshim to you. Ki Kedoshim. It does involve preachers. Yes. But on the other hand, it's not simply a matter of preachers. It could be a matter of, like I say, selling something to somebody or actual, you know, active acts, chasidus as we call it. Uh, they use the word preacher, but that, like I say, it doesn't necessarily mean it. So I don't see it exactly the way Ramban does. As I understand him, he's more in the terms of Kadashatsa Motorloch. Don't be a novel Bershutsa Torah. Novel Bershutsa Torah is, a, of course, a true concept. And, uh, uh, you know, usually, like I say, it's the guy who sleeps through Shabbos. You know, if he didn't violate anything, then keep Shabbos. Right. I, know, I mean, I know the Ramban. But rather, I see it. Maybe because I'm influenced in the times I live, more in the terms of when I read a couple of years ago, maybe you saw it also, called social orthodoxy. Do you remember a guy wrote an article and this, the term was used? And this would be a person, there are a lot of people like this. I'm like, I don't know a lot. There are people like this. You know, they asked him, why are you, I think it was a big lawyer or something like that in New York, Manhattan. Why are you uh, orthodox? He said, I don't really believe in this stuff, but the truth of the matter is, it's a very good lifestyle. You know, you got your Pesach Hotel, you got your uh, vacations in Israel, you got your, you know, summer camps. It's like Jared and Ivanka. You understand those? You can, once you're living that level, it's actually fun to be from. So, whether or not I believe really the Torah is the truth, or whether it's God older, it's not even important. Uh, you know, I've got the, the right wife, I've got the right kids, my synagogue has a great kiddish Rishon, this and that and the other. Why should I, <laughs> why should I be not be from? You get it? It's this, this is uh, the Shlomo Melch uh, policy. Live like a trillionaire, then you make the non from look stupid. <clears throat> you understand? Long ago, used to be, people say this, the reform, oh, they're the richest. The conservative, second, the orthodox are the poorest. So you know what be like? The orthodox is very poor. You get it? This was the old way. The old way of thinking. It's déclasse, you understand? So once you reach a certain level of economic uh, prosperity, you want to join a conservative or reform selling this for the money edge. This is no longer true. It's funny. I've lived through an economic revolution. There are tons of people in the Orthodox communities where I live and where you live. They can buy and sell these reform guys you know, 10 times over. And then you have a funny business. Imagine a person who's not from, but on the other hand, is not making a good living either. So let's say, I don't know, uh, let's say it's a low-level government job, something like that. So he makes whatever he makes. And the guy's not married. I'm just making this up. And, uh, but he goes to a reform temple. Uh, he doesn't have many friends. Comes home. Uh, hangs around the internet. Maybe he's going to buy himself a pizza. You understand? Uh, go to the chicken wings. And whatever. Uh, oh, but he's not orthodox. He he, he feels superior because he, yeah, he, he can turn on the lights on Shabbos. I mean, you're a loser. The guy I'm talking about owns five houses. You know, has Pesach and the... Uh, who knows where in the, in the Bahamas, flies to Israel every 10 minutes, lives the life of Riley. So in other words, the firm guy has Olam Hazet plus Olam Habo. The reform guy doesn't even have Olam Hazet, he definitely doesn't have Olam Habo. So then he looks like a stupid. You understand? He looks stupid. Uh, 
a lot of Jews in America don't realize the sociological realities that I'm talking about. But you do, the listeners on this know what I'm talking about. And therefore, the uh, as I see, the sociology of halachic observance and non-observance has radically changed in the last, I don't know, how many decades. It's very interesting. You understand? It's very interesting. The Orthodox not living in, I mean, there are poor, there are poor people, of course. But it's not the... Uh, it's not what, what people imagine. And um, I think if the non-from knew that, you, what I'm going to say is funny. A lot more of them would adopt the Orthodox lifestyle simply because of a more interesting life, even though they're not doing it lishma, and it's definitely no Kedoshim Tiyu. So if you follow what I just said, the person is doing for the lifestyle, for the high lifestyle, uh, that's already, there's no talking to God involved in that. My name, like the person mentioned in New York Times article, he don't believe in God. Not really. Not a personal God. But on the other hand, what's that got to do with me coming with Shabbos? Well, I go to this and this place. Friday night, we have a good chazan. Saturday morning, they have a kiddush rishon like you get. Like, you know, one of these rituals. Kiddush rishon like you can't imagine. Then you have a kiddush shani. I've been in some of those shuls. Right? The booze is a lot more than the average snook out there can afford. And, uh, you know, what's... What are you going to say? Oh, you live a, a, a deprived lifestyle because you can't turn on the lights. Who knows? Maybe the guy does turn on the lights. You know, because you can't drive a car. It's ridiculous. So the Kedoshim Tiu emerges, at least as I see it. And it's really such a dominant theme in our lifetime today. The absence of it or the presence of it sort of is like a bellwether, sort of like a litmus test of where people are holding. Because there are a lot of people that practice halakhic, uh, you know, uh, rules. And some can even pride themselves on halachic punctiliousness. They certainly can. But it's a condition to you. Now, the easiest, uh, I would say, the the real litmus test of what is condition to you, this is my opinion, the condition to you is, are you a turn on or a turn off? Okay? Uh, everybody knows, there are a lot of people out there, that they're nitty gritty on the, all the halachic details, they're a pain in the neck to be around, people avoid them. Uh, not everybody, of course, I'm, but I'm, I'm generalizing. Uh, <clears throat> now, they're not Mekayim, they may be practicing a certain lifestyle, but they're not making, they're not Kedoshim Tiyu, you know? People don't like them. People don't like to be around them. Kedoshim Tiyu means, people like, includes, that people like to be around you. You get it? It knows a social component. Now, not everybody agrees with what I just said. There are other definitions of Kedoshim and those of hermits and, you know, ascetics and people like that. But if, if he's talking, I'll call it Das Israel, then he's not talking about hermits and ascetics. He's talking about what's broadly in the public. And broadly in the public means Vitor, you understand? In other words, I try to get along with people, try to make an example for people and if it's a question of a, uh, of a few bucks, let the other guy have it. You know, that kind of approach. That's a condition to you, because in the end, the person's are like this. Here's a from Jew, and uh, he acts nice. The Rambam, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, where he says, if the person is uh, learned by others, but he's not nosim in Bemuna, and he's not nachas in Mabrios, then people say, oy vey, who wants to learn? But if a person is nosim in Bemuna, and he is medaber menachas in Mabrios, he knows how to be socially, you know, get along with people and things like this. Then people say, "So I want to learn too." Plony Shalama Torah, come myself. I think those are the words of the Rambam, something like that. Uh, that's the kedushim to you. You understand? 
So it's a lot more than just simply don't be a noble Bershus Torah, at least the way I see it. Uh, now, there's more explanations than what I've said, but this is the one that rings home the most truthfully to me. That uh, And that's why it's considered the uh, super mitzvah, and that's why the Ramban famously says, I remember this, that when it comes to the um, Ben Sora the reason they they they, uh, they kill him is like the Ramban like gives him dvarim somewhere. He saves it, obviously, where he says, uh, why you kill him? He didn't do anything yet. But he's they, they already judged that based on his lifestyle, he'll never be a Kedoshim Tiyu. And somebody that's no shock as a Kedoshim Tiyu doesn't deserve to live. That is a pretty heavy statement. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty tough statement. But I, I hear the vart, you understand? So uh, these are just a couple ideas I think that you should uh, throw around. And I think it's very interesting to discuss. Uh, now, it's a good lush and hard topic because you say, look at Plony. And what of this guy and Shul and that guy over here? You know, they consider themselves to be Kedoshim to you, but are they? Uh, and are, are they turn-ons or turn-offs? Uh, I think that's a very good litmus test to tell if a person's successful in, in following the Kedoshim to you. If you're interested more in this subject, uh, then I would say, without being funny, you know, then you have to read the chapters of Chassidus and Prishan and Mesilis Sharm. But that's my opinion. There are others that have different takes on how to translate Kedoshim to you. But I'll say it again, and with this I'll leave you. You know, the general idea, and the Tzivu uses words also is, everybody has to say something they're Machmeron. Okay? There has to be something they're Machmeron. Uh, maybe even Machmeron on the Kumba on Asay part, and Machmeron on the uh, precious part. The only thing is, you don't tell me what to be Machmeron. I'll, I'll, I'll make up my mind myself. It's got to be something that's that I can do with integrity, and not I'm doing for show and others should see it. It's got something I want to do from inside, and that even if nobody's looking, I want to do it because it's just between me and God. It's none of your business. You understand? Uh, that's the real uh, condition to you. A person has zero chumras. So you just on like social orthodox. Zero chumras. So then there's a problem. They say, what's the problem? He's keeping everything. No, 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 no. You're keeping everything, but you're not keeping condition to you. And, uh, and that, how should I say, degrades and infects all the other uh, mitzvahs. I think that's a very, very heavy idea, and there's a lot to talk about that. I just gave you a big dinner table conversation for Friday night, and with that, I wish you a good Shabbos. It's the beginning of the week, um, but you know, by the time you uh, digest this, I hope it'll be uh, Shabbos time. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.